This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This like when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God, that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. We've already been having fun conversations. Uh, Matter of Theology is a podcast production produced by Faithful Life Ministries, where we address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We seek to bring you biblical truths, despite what the popular movements of the day teach, uh, or as Drewski likes to say, peer pressure. We are now or, on, or, 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 or any charismatic people that wrongly define cessationists. Uh, amen. Amen and right on. Bring that on. I feel, I feel uh, like this, this like caveat list is just going to keep growing. Yeah. Just like, or... or <laughs> Or, or fill in the blank. <laughs> uh, we are now on <laughs> nice. We are now on Patreon. So, uh, if you would like to partner with us, please, please head over to Patreon.com/slash/MatterOfTheology and become a subscriber. We have a variety of plans, uh, and would uh, very much appreciate your support if you believe in what uh, the Lord is doing in and through us, uh, and the ministry has blessed you. We would greatly, greatly appreciate any uh, support that you would give. Uh, even if you can't give financially, please be praying for us often. We would appreciate that. So today we have a very, very unique title to our podcast, and it is called You Done Messed Up, A.A. Ron. You Done Messed Up. You Done Messed Up. So, and what we're referring to, and some of you may have seen this, um, uh, recently, uh, Aaron, it's going to be really difficult for me to say Aaron and not A.A. Ron, by the way, uh, Aaron so Rogers. I to him as A.A. Ron the entire time. Yeah, that, okay. That, that's fine. Okay, A.A. Ron, Rod, uh, Ron Rogers. Uh, yeah. He, uh, of course, is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, Josh. And... Um, he recently did a podcast interview uh, with his girlfriend and I, I, I want to say former, I don't know if she's still racing, but race car driver Danica Patrick. Um, and during the podcast, um, and uh, they started talking about spiritual matters uh, around the 16, 17 minute mark. And it lasts for roughly around 10 minutes. But uh, the things that A.A. Ron... <laughs> 
the things that I can't do it. Uh, the things that Aaron <laughs> says um, in there is something that we've heard a lot, yeah. a lot, especially within the last, I mean, five years. And and we're going to be hearing more of it. Um, and so he he made some some comments and referenced some books and some authors um, at w- w- which we're going to talk about. So what we wanted to do in this episode is just, um, kind of talk about what he said, the biblical response to what he said, um, and how should we respond as believers when, uh, when we hear something like this, uh, hear the things that he said, uh, how should we respond when having conversations with others about this? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where we are headed in this episode. Fellas, what you got? Yeah, it's really interesting when you listen to it, and and you can go to iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, and you can listen to this yourself. It's Danica Patrick's uh, Pretty Intense Podcast, and what you really get from the beginning of the podcast is she's she's essentially puffing him up as as this Big wise time. this wise and, and extremely smart guy now i'm not i'm, I'm gonna say he probably is a really smart guy i'm sure i mean he reads a lot um i mean i'm sure he's a smart guy he went to uh cal berkeley so you've got to be smart to get in there not just um a great athlete but you actually have to be smart to get into berkeley uh they don't take any academic slouches um so i'm sure he is a, a very smart guy but what what you notice is he ends up talking out of both ends of his mouth. And you also see that Danica Patrick really has no clue about Christianity or, or any other kind of re, uh, religion uh, we'll say. Yeah. Well, and, and I would, I'm going to say neither does Aaron. Um, uh, I right. mean, truly right. or, orthodox biblical Christianity when you listen to the things that he says. So, so after, yeah, she, she kind of, she, you know, she's getting his background. How did you grow up? And um, you know, you're, you're a really smart guy and very intelligent. And he was going to, to gifted programs and in gifted programs and all that stuff. And, and I want to pause here for a second and say, uh, the point of this episode is not to bash Aaron Rodgers. The point of this episode is not to tear him down, to pick apart the things that he said about himself the the point of this and talking about this is he said some pretty um huge things um that that there have been reactions to in the in 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 the the realm of evangelical christianity and some stuff has popped up on social media oh no aaron Rodgers doesn't believe in this and and we're going to get there and so Mm -hmm. um and it's really more of just the same kind of stuff that we've seen from uh, from guys like Josh Harris and Marty Sampson and, uh, yeah. And, yeah. So go ahead, Josh. Well, well, no, well, no, I was going to say, I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's important to realize that he can, that Aaron Rodgers in talking about this, Aaron Rodgers can both simultaneously be a, I mean, believe in, 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 in heresy when it comes oh, yeah. to Christian doctrine, while at the same time still being the quarterback for the best team in the NFL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I knew it was coming at some point. It only took six minutes. It took six whole Which minutes. Oh, so so Josh, he made it to the Super Bowl. Is that what you're saying? Hey, the team that makes it to the Super Bowl is not usually the best team in the NFL. That I know that's very true. Yeah. And that's not just that for is, NFL. That's that, for yeah. all sports. Yeah. Look yeah. at look it's at baseball. Usually, last it's year, usually the, the teams that like 
third place is usually actually the best people people that are peaking at the right time that's what it's all about so. yep anyway but yeah yeah it yeah. is yeah yeah we are we, we're not seeking to again we aren't our goal is not to be pulpit and pen we're not heresy hunters no right we're uh, going no. to realize that one aaron Rodgers is not a christian right that's he right. never was so, and and he, he wasn't was. a christian right so the views that he have makes make sense for someone that doesn't have the holy spirit we aren't saying, well, how can he believe in this? Well, we know exactly how he can believe in it. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same way any other unbeliever can believe in the things they believe in. Without the Holy Spirit, you are a ship tossed on the ocean of every wind and doctrine. That's what it is, right? So we are not here to... You see that in this this interview that he does, because he's he basically grew up, we'll say, quote unquote, Christian, but it wasn't. Uh, and we'll get into that, too. But what you see is the, the shifts that he kind of makes. He goes this way and then he comes back that way. And then he comes into this uh, view of higher enlightenment of New Age mysticism type stuff. And then he just talks a lot about the Dalai Lama and all the wisdom he gained from him and meeting him. And he just, he goes all over the place. Yeah. And that was yeah. going to be where, where where I went first. It was number one. Uh, he, he starts talking talking about uh, how, how they get into the conversation is he starts talking about books. Uh, she asked him top five books you've read. And he, he, two of the books that he listed was the one was the shack where he was blown away at the fact that, that this book portrayed God as someone who was black. Uh, he, he was blown away by that. Uh, uh, and then, um, and then the, all the, the, the heretical, of course, concepts that come from a fiction book. Remember the shack is a fiction book. It, it is not nonfiction. It is right. fiction. Well, remember um, who wrote it. Yeah, there right? you, yeah, exactly. Because in uh, that whole the whole position of the shack is to say that show or demonstrate that there is no hell. God doesn't have a wrath. It's very antithetical to scripture. Uh, and when Aaron Rodgers is talking about this, he he says that this was a book that kind of defied the Western norms of Christianity. Yeah, yeah, and. Which is why he was kind of blown away that that God was represented as black. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was was this ugly Arab, uh, right, and whatnot. <laughs> right. But so so it kind of in his mind what he what he viewed uh, as Western Christianity. This book kind of destroyed that for him. Uh, the the problem <laughs> is he says he says you know this book along with with another book uh, that. Love Wins by Rob Bell kind of got made, made the his critics friend, come out. His, his friend, friend Rob yeah, Bell, Rob Bell, that this made the critics come out, right? Well, yeah, the it traditionalists, will. yeah, the traditionalists, it will when you take things that are very uh heretical and unbiblical and you try to pass them off Correct. as though they are true yeah. and biblical. Well, and you need to remember too, and just just like when we talked about Josh, uh, Josh Harris and Marty Sampson, yeah, you know, First John two, uh, uh, nineteen and twenty says that they went out, uh, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they are not all of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you all know. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that. So number two, Aaron Rodgers is a good guy. He seems like a good person. Um, But just because someone is a quote unquote good person or doesn't live an openly wicked lifestyle that we can see anyway, um, doesn't mean that they possess faith in Christ. Even if they use the name of Christ, Christian, etc. You know, again, you 
we're, we're told to be Bereans, to test everything. And then three, the company that you keep, right? The Aaron's been hanging around with the likes of Rob Bell, who's a known Gnostic and heretic. Uh, one of his latest books uh, continues to show a complete denial in Orthodox Christianity. Uh, and by the way, I didn't know Rob Bell's full name until recently. It's Robert Holmes Bell Jr. Um, he has a book called What is the Bible? Uh, and it sounds like it would be, you know, one to read if you just look at the cover, but just like people like Bill Johnson and others who twist the truth, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 it has to be publicly rebuked and avoided, Titus mm-hmm. says. And yeah. so, 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 yeah, I mean, th- there, there are a couple of red flags that when you look at this, again, we don't need to go, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers is, is leaving the faith. He never had it. And never when you it. listen, again, when you listen to it, you know. <laughs> Through and through, it sounds more like he's Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, uh, like that. That like that's how he grew up. And there were a couple of things that drew immediately. And listen to it. He's like, "Whoa!" I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's actually Orthodox Christianity. I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, there were some things that that definitely set me off about that. That was one of the first things I noticed. Was he's talking about uh, the 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 first thing that he said was, <clears throat> uh, and I've heard Jehovah's Witnesses say this a lot. Uh, and if you've engaged with them, you've probably heard them say it. It's the the idea that you have to make uh, make your religion meaningful to you. Uh, and that was the first thing that kind of tipped me off. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. That sounds a little a little bit J-dub, uh, which is interesting giving the dynamic of, of the Watchtower because there are – you have to do everything that they say. It's not about making it unique to you or meaningful to you. You have to do everything that they say. Otherwise, you will be excommunicated and you right. will be separated from your family. The second thing that tipped me off was when he was talking about the idea of heaven and hell and he said, uh, you, you know, there's people that believe that they're saved and they're going to, and you know, I'm going to heaven, but there's only 144,000. And, yeah. and immediately I go, no, he's Jehovah's witness. He was a, he, he wasn't Orthodox Christianity. He was in Jehovah's witness, which is part of the problem because they teach falsely about, uh, the nature of Jesus, the deity of Christ. They teach falsely about, uh, heaven, hell, the Trinity. Uh, I mean, they are a cult. They're cold. They twist the scriptures. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, fun, fun fact for listeners too, if a very easy way to spot a cult, go first and foremost directly to what do they say about Christ? Yep. Always. If you want to sniff out a cult, go to what do they say about Christ? If it's a cult, it's going to be wonky somewhere. Bethel. I mean, um, Yeah, what were you saying? It's not even. It's not <laughs> even. Like, it's not. Say. It's not even up for debate anymore. Bethel no, is no, a cult. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. It's not. Well, so yeah, yeah. I mean, always go to the person of Christ, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers has an incorrect view of Christ, uh, and that's very obvious in his speech, and that definitely puts him into the bracket of never actually being orthodox. So I think that's. We can we can be fine fine with using that as kind of the presupposition for the rest of the correct the app, you know what correct. I'm saying? yeah well and it, it's it's a good reminder too and again I hope I hope everybody's kind of stuck with us and this is an Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers teardown session this is just a looking at this situation um, and then now now that we've kind of talked about it that there are some things from a biblical standpoint that we all have to be careful on and you know first of which is you know Second Timothy three seven says always learning but and 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 speaking to the the people 
people in the future who uh, will be will, will, will turn away, will run away, will tear, try to tear down the faith, that they will be people who are always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth, 2 Timothy 3, 7 says. Uh, Paul goes on in that chapter then to be you know, speaking about Janus and Jambres in the times of Moses. And these men were magicians who stood against Moses. And in fact, tradition tells us that they were the ones who instigated the golden calf incident. Um, again, that, that's not in scripture, but that's what tradition tells us. And as a result, they were killed with the other idolaters. Um, now, side note there. On one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad the Lord no longer executes so quickly. But on the other hand, the wrath that is being stored up, yikes. Uh, just saying, and that, that uh, I'm going to get into that. Remember that, cause I'm going to get into that there, a little bit at the end too. So, but you know, Aaron states that he doesn't see and understand concerning the doctrine of predestination. He calls it silly. He doesn't see how a God could be loving and send people to hell. Sound familiar? That's uh Robert Holmes Bell Jr. Right there. Mm-hmm. So, so what does scripture say concerning God's wrath, hell, etc.? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first, we, we have to remember this concerning God, that his attributes, all of them, are absolutely perfect. That's right. All of them. This is a, and I'm going to be quoting this a lot because I am, I am, I am just head first deep into the attributes of God by A.W. Pink right now. Um, and check out this quote, and I'll be, like I said, quoting him a good bit. And he said, quote, a spiritual and saving knowledge of God is the greatest need for every human creature. Uh, and that's a cross-reference to Jeremiah 9, 23, and 24. And then he also says that the foundation of all true knowledge of God must be <clears throat> a clear mental apprehension of his perfections as revealed in Scripture. An unknown God can neither be trusted, served, nor worshipped. Okay, so, something else he said is, quote, something more than a theoretical knowledge of God is needed by us. God is only truly known in the soul as we yield ourselves to him and submit to his authority and regulate all the details of our lives by his holy precepts and commandments. Those three quotes, by the way, are just in the introduction of the attributes of God. So he goes on to pose this question to us is when was the last time that we just sat and meditated or pondered on the very perfections of God? And then he he then says this, he says, quote, comparatively, few of those who occasionally read the Bible are aware of the awe inspiring and worship provoking grandeur of the divine character of God himself and that God is solitary in his excellency. So. One of the attributes that that Aaron talked about and that you don't hear talked about in a lot of churches anymore outside of reform circles for the most part is the wrath of God. That's right. And and it's because of people. Well, no, it's not really because of people like Aaron Rodgers or Rob Bell that who who profess Christ or profess faith in Christ and shy away from uh, talking about. I'm sorry, I totally butchered what I was going to say right there. Let's try that again. Um, it, it, it's not necessarily because of people like Rob Bell or Aaron Rodgers. It's honestly, it's more from the, the pastors who feel the need to avoid the topic or even apologize for what is said in scripture concerning the wrath of God. And yeah. there are, are those who seem to forget the severity of God as well as his kindness, which we just got done mm-hmm. studying Romans 11, uh, which, which talks about that directly. Mm-hmm. 
So, so go ahead, Drew. We're going to say, well, no, uh, what I was going to say is there are, there's, there's two main reasons as to why someone doesn't take seriously the wrath of God. The first is they don't read scripture. And the second is derived from that is that is, um, not having an understanding of the sinfulness of sin mm-hmm. that brings about God's wrath. Uh, so when you read scripture, you come to the understanding of who God is, that God does have a wrath and his wrath will be poured out on who and for what on sinners because of their sin, ultimately because God is just and sin cannot be in his presence. Therefore the payment of sin is the wrath of God. Yeah. The, and, the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, uh, and going on from that, from 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 Aaron Rodgers, he got involved with a group uh, while he was going to to this this one church. I'll just say while he was going to the Watchtower because it, it's really what I believe it was. And other people, I've seen other people who have written articles that have called it out too. Uh, while he was going to this church, he was also going to Young Life. Mm-hmm. Young Life. Uh, uh, is basically what was a youth group uh, that that was part of the emergent church. And in that, if you know anything about the emergent church, what it did was it diluted the gospel message. It took out God's wrath, Mm -hmm. right? It was, and and he even talks about, you know, young life was fun and games. Well, yeah, it was. And then the emergent church, as those people grew up out of young life, it turned into basically just church being just a big youth group gathering mm-hmm. with adults. Yep. Um, so you never got the full understanding of scripture and who God is. And you, you see that clearly in Aaron Rodgers, just the <clears throat> not understanding of the wrath of God and what brings about the wrath of God. Yeah. Yeah. A.W. Pink says this, the, quote, the wrath of God is his eternal detestation of all unrighteousness. It is the displeasure and indignation of divine equity against evil. It is the holiness of God stirred into activity against sin. And right now you, you, you see that in the midst of evangelical culture, you not only have the Rob mm-hmm. Bells, the Aaron Rodgers, the Watchtower, the J-Dubs, but you've got people like Andy Stanley making claims like this, that, that if anybody preaches to you um, and, and says anything to you that God is angry over sin and doesn't just break his heart, then those people are quote unquote old covenant preachers. He went, a, he even went so far as to say that God's different in the old Testament than he is in the new Testament, so, which of so course wait, so, so, so flies in the face God of his change. Yeah. It flies in the face of, of God's immutability. God does not change. James one seventeen is a perfect cross-reference for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, so, so, so what do the scriptures say, right? The, uh, and yes, contrary to what Andy Stanley does say, the Bible says so is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is what would happen, this, and this is why I believe that Aaron Rodgers, and we'll say people like, because it's not just Aaron Rodgers. No, you can, no, no, no. You can replace, it, it sounds like we're harping on Aaron Rodgers, but this is a very common occurrence uh, in evangelicalism today. So you can replace Aaron Rodgers just with the the modern day evangelical and it's the same thing. It, Aaron Rodgers it, it just has a main stage uh to make these things public. But he holds to people like Rob Bell because Rob Bell comes across as asking the questions 
but he's but when he's he's he gets the answers, they're not answers that he wants. Right. Right. So so when Rob Bell originally came out with the book Love Wins, he was thoroughly refuted by biblical scholars, both Old Testament and New Testament. He was refuted on the basis of scripture alone. Then his next position is to come out and basically be a Bart Ehrman parody and say, well, we can't trust the scriptures. The scriptures are not inerrant. Uh, and now it's an attack on, on the Bible. And so his, I, his new book that I'm, I'm, I'm guessing is basically just parroting a lot of Bart Ehrman, uh, which he has already been refuted by the likes of Dan Wallace, Michael Kruger, Dr. White. Um, all this stuff has, has already been refuted, but yet they keep going because they're continuing to put the answers, g- give people answers that they want. The, right. the, those questioning right. people. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, and that's a problem that we've had since the beginning of time, putting our own fear and our own desires about what, above what we know we need to do. Right. I mean, yeah. when 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 Samuel asked Saul, what is you know, what is the bleeding of sheep that I hear? What's the answer he gave? Well, the people. Right. People, it, yeah, it was yeah. it, it was the people. And Saul knew what the right thing to do was. He was given the instructions by God, just as we have been given the instructions by God through Scripture. The question is, what do you hold more important? Mm-hmm. The the your pride and your desire to be liked and your desire to be popular Mm. or, or the desire to please God. Mm. And it's always going to come down to one of those two things in any situation that you're in. You have to ask yourself, what am I prioritizing in this Mm. situation myself or God? Yeah. I, I would add this, not just liked maybe by other people, but also, uh, it bringing an understanding to myself because if I can't understand this, then it can't be right. Therefore, I need something else to make sense of this so that yeah. it makes me feel comfortable. Well, yeah, we, we want a small God that we can understand, then that makes us feel comfortable. Right. And that's yeah, what the yeah. emergent church does. Yep. 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 Well, I, I was going to save this quote for the end, but I'll go ahead and read it now because it's applying to exactly what we're talking about. I mean, th- this quote sums up the whole problem. Uh, quote, each of us needs to be most prayerfully on his guard against devising an image of God in our thoughts, which is patterned after our own evil inclinations, close quote. That's A.W. Pink as well. So, and, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey what? My commands. Sanctify them by the truth. His, your word is truth. Not is, not could be, uh, not might be, but your word is truth. Um, you know, I, I mean, and, and again, going back to the whole wrath, uh, you know, God, God isn't ashamed to make it known that his vengeance and wrath are his, um, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm seven, verse 11, Romans one eighteen, uh, and, and pink points out in his chapter on the wrath of God. He says, if you look at the concordance, it will show that there are more references to God's anger, fury, and wrath than there are to his love and his tenderness. You know, God is holy, 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 and he does hate all sin because of this, and he must punish that sin. Now, what what a lot of people, a lot of believers don't understand, and again, we're all called to be theologians. It isn't just, we're all called to study scripture. It isn't just for the, the spiritual elite, the Navy SEALs of Christianity, the pastors, the seminary students, but 
in studying scripture, you have to know that that God's wrath and anger is as much uh, of his divine perfection as all of his other attributes, his faithfulness, his power, his mercy. Um, and we have to start from that presupposition that his ways are higher, greater, purer, and more perfect than any of our concepts and notions of what he is like. Um, we have to be informed by scripture. Uh, I mean, A.W. Pink points out that God swears by his wrath just as much as he swears by his holiness. So that means in God's eyes, his wrath and his holiness are equal. They are, there isn't one is more than the other. It is all equal. Um, and, and he's in, and, and again, that's cross reference. There is Psalm 95 verse 11. Um, Psalm 89, uh, he talks about swearing by his holiness. Uh, and then of course, you know, we see in Hebrews six that there's no other name greater that by which men, men keep their promises and by which God has kept his promises than his own name. But we have to remember that his wrath is equal to all of his other divine attributes and his divine character. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and going back to what you're what you're talking about with uh, his wrath and his holiness, his wrath is necessary because he is holy. That's right. His wrath flows directly from his holiness, <laughs> just like his grace and his mercy flow directly from absolutely 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 we we and, and 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 remembering that and meditating on that um you know what what that's going to do for us is we'll be reminded of his holiness and his hatred of sin and that we should never regard sin as 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 or gloss it over um, that it's an abomination to the Lord. All sin is. Um, so we can't make excuses for our sin or anybody else's. Um, and we have to start again. We have to start from scripture when it comes to this stuff. Go ahead, Josh. Well, well, no, I was going to And the major problem that people like Rob Bell either realize and don't care or don't realize because they're they're not saved um, is is that when you remove God's wrath from the picture, when you remove God's wrath from scripture and you don't make it something that you emphasize, you're right. removing the very reason the gospel happened. Amen. There it is. You can't, you can't have the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ without the wrath of God need with us needing to be saved from the wrath of God. That's the reason Jesus came. You can't have all of Christ's good teachings him living the perfect life, him dying on the cross, him loving you. You can't have that without God's wrath, right? right? Not only does, does, does God's wrath necessitate him being holy, God being holy necessitates that he has wrath. That's right. Because there is evil in this world and to be holy means to be set apart. Mm. And in order for God's holiness to be satisfied, his wrath must go out and come against the wicked of this world. That's right. And if you're going to remove that, then there is absolutely nothing that you have to give for a reason of why Jesus Christ came in the first place. Yep. You're you stripping go. it of its power. You're stripping of it its, of its effectiveness. That's right. Yeah, there's th three questions each person should ask themselves. If the gospel is good news, what is the bad news? Mm -hmm. Sure. If you are saved, what are you saved from? And what are you saved for? 
So, I mean, th- those are just some simple questions to ask because when you dig into those questions, you really have to think about and bring to light that there is a wrath and that wrath needs to be dealt with. It <laughs> needs to be satisfied. That's why uh, you cannot be a Christian if you don't hold to penal substitutionary atonement. That's right. Yeah, no, and if you, I don't, I mean, I would even go so far to say, and I want to be careful saying this, I mean, I'm thinking in my head, thinking it through, I'm just going to say it, I don't think you can be a Christian and not believe in the wrath of God. I I, I would also agree with that. I think the wrath of God necessitate that, that the gospel, a true gospel, necessitates the very reason the gospel needed to happen, and that is the yep. wrath of God. It's his holiness, yep. and it's his wrath. If you do not hold to the wrath of God as being a very real thing, you are not believing in orthodox christianity that's right it it, it is that that big of an issue well first think about jesus sorry oh sorry first thessalonians one right uh we're we're, we're told we're delivered from his wrath you look at look at what hebrews 12 says for us you know what what was the point of propitiation that, that, right. that's it well, what, did, well, well, what does that even mean well yeah exactly that word what's that word mean? well and that's the question i mean and that's that, that is the question if the wrath of god isn't a thing then why in heaven and hell did god put christ through all he did if it did absolutely nothing exactly right right like what did christ die for just for the fun of it yeah. just to be more popular just to be a martyr no, he had a purpose, mm-hmm. and that purpose was to settle a debt That's because right, of right. God's wrath. That's right. Christ, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he is led away to be crucified, his prayer to God was, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, That's but right. not my will, but your will yeah. be done now. Now, what was the cup? The cup is the wrath of God. That's right. So that when Christ goes to the cross and he bears the sins of all those who would be saved, past, present, and future, he bears their sin. He endures the wrath of God. He drinks down. He drinks down the full cup of the wrath of God, turns it over and says, it is finished. Right. Yeah, that's it. And that you can't have that without the wrath of God. You you can't, you can't be a Christian without understanding what you've been saved from. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Fear the Lord, man. Fear the Lord's beginning of wisdom. But that's another thing, man. I'm glad you brought that up because people today approach God very flippantly. And we, and and you and I talked about this, about how people approach God, but there is so much of a lack of a holy fear of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we have so lack of wisdom in the church today is because we know where wisdom comes from, right? Chris just said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we don't fear God, wisdom's not going to happen. That's right. Right? It comes, we need that holy awe again. And here's the thing, like this, I think we've talked about it before, this experiencing God's presence and all this, it doesn't look like a bunch of giddy hissy fits lying on the floor looking like you're going through withdrawals from meth. That's not what it looks like. Bethel, Hillsong. It's not what it looks like. Do you want to know what it looks like? It looks like Isaiah falling on his face, yes, thank begging, you. begging, 
Lord, kill me, please. I am a man of unclean lips. I am undone. Thank Look you. At what John said did in Revelation, I fell over as though dead. Right. And uh, and it just drives me every time I see it, and it's just I just I it's just the old man in me, honestly. It's we want to just be like, <laughs> guys, like what none of this is real. None of this just just like brush the gold dust out of your hair and actually start to worship the true God. That's right. Because what you're worshiping right now is satanic. Yeah, absolutely. It's pagan. Oh, you're, you're worshiping. Uh, Drew, I think you've said this before. You're worshiping a spirit for sure. Just not the one yeah. you want to be That's really. Right. No, yeah. because I mean, look at, look at when, when God, right. When God comes to, uh, what is it? It's Elijah, right? The whirlwind, big, grandiose, huge experience, right? God wasn't there. Where was God? He was in the still small voice that spoke to you quietly, convictingly through his word. That's where God is. And we're looking for him on these mount for the, on these mountaintop experiences mm-hmm. when I'm crying and my tears are flowing. And the music's just great and the lights are perfectly dimmed and just the right color. It makes me look amazing. <laughs> God's not there. No, he's not there. That's right. That's right. Well, he he he's well, he's there everywhere. He is everywhere, but his the favor of his of his glory and his presence are not there because he's not being worshipped. You're being worshipped at that point. You're worshiping yourself. Mm-hmm. You're worshiping yourself because you've devoid you've devoid your mind of 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 any thought of any truth, uh, and and it's all emotion based uh, experience, and it's God takes no pleasure in it. Period. That's right. No. Those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, to, to bring this back to, to Aaron Rodgers, uh, spirit and in truth, there is people like Aaron Rodgers who, who call themselves questionings, the skeptics that seek for the answers. They're seeking for truth. The problem is they're not grounded in any sort of standard by which to measure truth claims. Right. So so like we talked about earlier, if he doesn't have an absolute standard of truth, he's going to go off into into this 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 way, this direction or that direction or that. And so what you see is the growing up in a way in Watchtower mm. and then moving over to the emergent church which he recognizes the difference. Watchtower said, yeah. told him, said, you, you have to dress this way. These people can't come, which they're very exclusive in their temples. Uh, these certain people can't come. But then the emergent church was come however you want. Uh, everyone is welcome. Uh, it, very, very lax, right? There's, there's, there's not a whole lot of rules and regulations, which he himself says, rules, regulations, binary systems, they, they don't appeal to me, which right. is interesting. Since you play for an organization that's regulated by rules, you live in a country that's regulated by rules. You even try to you, you try to do five things a day, which are rules that you made for yourself. I don't understand that. So things you can't get away from. But uh, he, what he doesn't have is he doesn't have an absolute standard by which to measure anything that would present itself to be a truth claim. 
Well, because that standard, he doesn't like it because it's going to tell him to do things he doesn't want to do. That's right. And, and that's, ultimately, that's true for each of us. Yeah, so. yeah. Ultimately, that's why he doesn't like Christianity. We'll, and we'll say Orthodox Christianity because Correct. he says Correct. once he got out of young life and he went to college, well, it started to become more organized. Well, my guess is that it, it started to become – he started hanging around people who were growing in mature Christian faith. And he recognized there were things as a Christian you couldn't do. And so it limited him and he didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So what he wanted was to be able to do what he wanted to do. So the, the questions that he had, he didn't like the answers he received. So he left that and went to find the answers that he wanted that suited his own, his own lifestyle, the lifestyle that he wanted to pursue, the things that made sense for him. But that's what happens when you when you reject the standard of truth and you seek to find truth elsewhere. The problem is, how do you know that it's true, mm. right? To, to what what does uh, Psy always say, right? Well, when people make truth claims, but yet claim that there's no absolute truth, they'll go, "Well, is that true? Is that yeah. true? How do you know that that's true?" Mm. Right. Well, yeah. The the statement there is no absolute truth is an absolute truth in and of itself. It's a right. self-defeating thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. When, and again, like let's that I, it's important that I think our listeners come back to this, look at where this goes back to again, look at what we have arrived to mm. the sufficiency of scripture yep. yet again. That's where we are. <laughs> everything continual comes back to that. theme in every yeah, episode. In literally everything. If the Bible is not your authority, the only other option is it's you. That's right. And you're going to be all over the place. Yep. Yep. Right? It's one of the two. And that's the oldest, like, that's that's Satan. It is the oldest trick in the book. What has happened to Aaron Rodgers, what happens to Bethel, what happens to constant, you know, thousands and thousands and millions and millions of other people is the oldest lie in the book. Did God really say? Yep. Mm -hmm. Challenging yeah. the authority of God's yes. word. Did he really yes. say that? Yeah. Right. That won't happen. You won't die. You right. you want to be like God, right? And well, that's, let's take, that's, let, that's what he does. Let's go back to that. The the serpent in the garden, right? So he, the attack was on the word of God. Now, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree, what was their experience? Their experience was they didn't die. Their eyes right. were opened, but they didn't die. And and right. the claim was, the day you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because of their experience, they began to question God's word. So now we have people like Rob Bell, all these other people that say, you know, I just know too many people. I've had too many experiences, and it caused me to question God's word. So I'm now looking at God's word through the lens of my experience, right? Which is the wrong right. the, the wrong lens to view it's it. The wrong lens. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't use that <laughs> because then then you are the authority. Then you are bending and molding everything that God has said through what you want it to say. That's right. Because I can conjure up experiences. Oh, absolutely. I can make my life experience whatever really I want it yeah. to. Yeah. So I can take a whole bunch of drugs and have a whole cavalcade of experiences. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and look, then you would fit, fit right in with Bethel worship service. <laughs> there you yeah, there you go, man. There you go. I know some people who would really be happy with you then. Yeah. So so the 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 I mean, look at what we saw today, right? Just today, as of recording this episode, there is another clip of of 
the the chica- the chicanery of the, the See, you were about to say Shekinah glory. I, well, I, well, yeah, but but obviously being very facetious um, of of, you know, supposedly it was called a Holy Spirit infestation. No, I'm like, wasn't. no, no, that's not. I no, mean, that is infestation not. of something. It was an infestation yeah. of the spirit of the devil. That's exactly yeah. what that is. It's a spirit of pagan worship. Again, by what standard? By their own standard, by their own experience and what they feel, not what scripture teaches. Now, the scary part about that, the scary part about the Rob Bells, the scary part about the the Bill Johnson and all that stuff that goes on at Bethel is they take and twist the scripture just like the serpent did, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. Satan. And, and did God really say? Has God, has God said? Um, and, and that's, ex- I mean that's exactly what we're seeing and we'll continue to see you know martin lloyd jones says when i when i look at all of the problems in the world of the church and and of the world period is it is is ultimately comes back to josh just what you said an issue of the sufficiency of scripture yeah look at the look at the battle of and and of cessationism versus continuation right mm-hmm. sufficiency of scripture that's yeah. right so now Josh, I want you to make a, a point here that you made earlier yes, today. Yes, yes. And it's about the people that we elevate mm, to, sure. to these positions. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a trend in Christianity right now, I think, to want celebrities to be basically on our team, right? It's like back in middle school dodgeball. You want to pick the most popular kids that you can because then it looks like it validates what right. you're trying to do. Right. So we as Christians get head over heels when these celebrities, whether they're actors or actresses or politicians um, or sports figures, uh, show the slightest inkling of any type of Christianese language. We grab onto that so fast and claim them and will fight viscerally to keep them Christians in our heads when in, you know, 95 percent of the time they're nowhere close to Christians. Right. And it's just this it's this desire to want the world's validation or what the world Mm -hmm. considers to be validation when that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We don't, our faith doesn't need validation. Christ's sacrifice does not need the signatures and the endorsements of a president of the United States. Yeah. Or a, or a, or a Hollywood actor or an NFL quarterback. It has nothing to do with that. But we as Christians are so enamored, like, oh, he's a Christian. Yes, he's a Christian. We got one on our team. And it's like, why does it matter? Why does it matter? And yeah, it's just, it's, I think we see it more and more. And we have it with Aaron Rodgers. We have it with our current president. We have it with actors and actresses in Hollywood. And Christians will let go of so much mm-hmm. truth yeah. oh yeah in order to keep these people on our quote unquote oh, team yeah. oh yeah we will be okay with so much and even up to them saying statements like well i don't need for i don't think i've never ever done anything that needs forgiveness yeah and we'll still claim them as christians because we we need that validation yeah. look your validation comes from christ Amen. Amen. It's Christ's power. You don't need anything else. We don't need to be putting focus on all of these external things, <laughs> right? Christ and his gospel are enough, and we need to stop trying to pick the popular kids 
and start focusing on what is actually truly important. So that's my two cents. That's that's the first thing that came to my head when I heard kind of the outrage of all this. I'm just like, like, yeah, I, I would love him to be a Christian. I would love it. It would be fantastic. But I don't I don't have a desire for him to be a Christian that is any greater than anybody else in my sphere. That's right. Yeah. Amen. I think we I, lost Chris. I think we lost Chris. <laughs> but we're at 46 minutes anyway that's okay yeah <laughs> it's time to wrap it up it's anyway time to wrap it up. yeah <laughs> well we uh hope that uh you heard our hearts on this episode um because mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be just a uh a aaron rogers beat down session N- didn't want that but we wanted to show you just kind of the things that are said and that are pretty commonly said even um, amongst church goers today. Yeah. Uh, So some things, you know, that you can be aware of that you can listen for kind of phrases, terminologies. um, And we hope we've given you uh, scriptures and, and ways that you can respond uh, when you hear those things. Um, So, uh, you know, we hope that you've heard our hearts. um, And with that, with that, we're go going Packers. To... Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> All have... that being said, you can still be a Packers fan. No, you can't. No. Hey, you get... Oh no, my you goodness! Can't. No, no, no. I don't know, man. Now, if you're know. a Packers fan, you're apostate. I'm going to say that. Who's your? Okay, who's your team? Who's your I team? I don't follow a pro team. I follow the Georgia Bulldogs. That's about it. How'd they do this year? They didn't do too good. <laughs> it's a rebuilding next five oh uh, yes that's every year rebuilding every year love it <laughs> anyways we're getting out of here we will catch you guys on the next one and Later. go to uh go to patreon become a patreon yes please help us so i can stop paying for stuff out of my pocket please yes bye bye